Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay Podcast. Before we get going today, just a reminder that you are invited to Thursday Night Writes, our free online class every single Thursday, where you can take some of the ideas that we're learning in this podcast and put them into action. We bring on great writers from our faculty. We talk screenwriting. We do writing exercises. We get feedback. It's an incredible online community. So come join us. WriteYourScreenplay.com slash Thursday to RSVP. And now, let's talk about archetypes. So archetypes are probably one of the most valuable and also most challenging concepts in screenwriting. To really understand archetypes, we have to actually go back all the way to the source, which is Jung. Um, famously not a screenwriter. We have to understand where the concepts of archetypes come from, how they connect to a concept called the collective unconscious, and how to actually tap into them intuitively rather than just intellectually. Because if you tap into archetypes from a purely intellectual perspective, there's a good chance that you're not actually going to write archetypes, that you're actually going to write stereotypes. So what is an archetype? How did they work? How do you write them? How do you connect to the archetypes that live inside of you? That's what we're going to be talking about in this podcast. So archetypes begin with Jung and his idea of the collective unconscious. To vastly oversimplify this very complicated idea, the idea of the collective unconscious is that there's a fabric that ties all human experience together. That even though in my waking life, I think I am Jake and you are you, and we think that we are different and separated, that in our dreams, we can actually tap into a collective fabric, a shared experience that makes us human. That there are certain metaphors, certain elements, certain aspects of our dreams that actually mean the same thing to everyone who experiences them. And that by using our subconscious mind, by using the power of our dreams, we can actually experience experiences that we've never yet had. We can actually tap into the collective unconscious and in that find the universal tie that binds us all together. This is a very beautiful concept. And a guy named Campbell came along and Campbell was a brilliant professor and Campbell said, okay, well, if there's such a thing as a collective unconscious, there must also be such a thing as a collective story, right? There must be a universal story. And if we could learn to tell that universal story, that universal story would speak to everyone. Everyone could go on that same journey together. It would mean the same thing for everyone. And in that way, it could move us all to a place of catharsis, of meaning, of growth, of connecting to who we are as human beings. And he called this the hero's journey. And you've probably heard that concept if you've been studying screenwriting or any kind of writing for a while. Um, and this spawned hundreds of disciples from really incredible people like James Bonnet, Christopher Vogler, to um, to more surfacey, you know, save the cat kind of approaches. 
almost every screenwriting book and almost every screenwriting teacher at this point teaches archetypes. And they're all tracking back to Campbell, who's tracking back to Jung. Okay. So this sounds like a pretty good idea. There are 21 steps of the hero's journey, and we find those steps, then we've got a structure of a screenplay. If there are certain kinds of archetypal roles, the terrible father, the emotional mother, the spiritual father, the anima, the animus, the threshold guardian, etc., etc., etc. If there are certain kind of characters that exist in every story that all we have to do is reach out, grab one of those characters, grab one of those archetypal events, throw it in our story, and we will con connect to the universal. We will tell a story that everyone can connect to. Wow, wouldn't that be awesome? And in fact, sometimes it is awesome. The Hero's Journey gave birth to some of the best movies of all time. It gave birth to The Matrix, Apocalypse Now, Star Wars. Um, and at the same time, the same Hero's Journey that gave birth to Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope, also gave birth to Jar Jar Binks and Episodes one, two, and three of Star Wars. The same elements that made these incredible stories universal in other hands, and sometimes even in the same hands of the same writers, created stories that were stereotypical, predictable, formulaic, untruthful, that did the opposite of collect connecting to our collective unconscious and taking us all on a journey where we could see the fabric that ties us together, where we could experience catharsis by watching somebody else's journey, where we could go, that's me up there. I know what that feels like. That instead did the opposite, that alienated us, that reminded us that this what we were watching was fake, that we were disconnected, that we were bored that got in our way of going, that's me up there, and instead made us go, that's not even any person up there. There is something disconnected from the fabric of humanity with what I'm seeing right now. And if you're a screenwriter, you also know what that feels like in your writing. You know what it feels like to write something. Even if everybody loves it, you're like, this is a bunch of BS. This is not connected. This is not truthful. I know there's something off. I feel like there's a wall between me and my character. I feel like there's a wall between me and my structure. We all know what it's like to feel that. And the good news is that archetypes can actually help you transcend that. But archetypes can also get in the way if you use them intellectually. The problem with archetypes is that archetypes are labels. And the reason that archetypes are labels is because Brilliant professors who like to study things like archetypes put labels on things. That is their job, right? They need to label them so that we can discuss them. They need to say Yoda is a threshold guardian so that somebody else can go, Yoda is not a threshold guardian. Yoda is a spiritual father. And in fact, if you get on Reddit, you can watch people fight about this, right? Um, oh, that moment is a return with Boone. No, that moment isn't the return with Boone, right? So that we can argue about them, so that we can label them, so that we can understand them with our intellect. But you also know that as soon as you label anybody, a character, another human being, even yourself, as soon as you put a label on somebody or something, you are also putting them in a box. 
you are by nature stereotyping, right? When we put a label on somebody based on their skin color, we call that racism, right? When we put a label on somebody based on their gender, we call that sexism, right? When we put a label on somebody based on their economic status, we call that elitism, right? We know that this is bad and we know that this is limiting, right? We know that when we look at somebody through a box, that we put them in rather than going, huh, I'm curious about them, right? We know that that limits our ability to understand that. And, and we even know that that limits our ability to understand ourselves, right? If we tell ourselves, oh, well, you know, I'm just not that bright. Well, guess what? We won't be that bright, right? If we tell ourselves, well, you know, I just never pursue the things I really want. Well, we, if we see ourselves through that label, we, we never will pursue the things we really want, right? If you stick yourself or anybody else in a box, you stop seeing the human being and you start seeing the label. You stop seeing the person and you start seeing the stereotype. In fact, what you're really doing when you put a label on another human being is you are disconnecting from your intuitive connection to the collective unconscious. Now, it would make an incredibly boring book to say, there is such a thing as a collective unconscious, and if you want to connect to it, all you have to do is close your eyes and use your senses and notice what you see, feel, and hear, and write down exactly that, and look with specificity until you see the thing for real until you get past your expectations of what the element or the person or the object or the metaphor was supposed to be or supposed to look like or supposed to sound like or supposed to feel like and actually allow yourself to be surprised by the specificity of what is and in that specificity you will find the universal because you will be connected to the collective unconscious through your subconscious mind end of book well that would be a pretty short book and it's probably not going to get you published and it's probably not going to get you your phd but if you are a screenwriter that advice actually might be more valuable than trying to break down the hero's journey into 21 rigid steps or trying to write an emotional mother or a terrible father for your character um, and by the way, those are not my terms. Those are archetypal terms used by Hero's Journey people. Enjoying this podcast? For my free Thursday Night Rights class every Thursday night online, a complete transcript of this podcast and our entire podcast library, as well as the current offerings at Jacob Kruger Studio, check out the links in the description. So, it's not that the labels are wrong, it's that the labels are limiting. And when we approach our screenwriting through the labels, we stop seeing characters and we end up writing stereotypes. For an example of this, one of my favorite examples, if you think of Billy Elliot, Billy Elliot's a wonderful movie, a total romp. Billy Elliot himself is a great character. He is not a stereotype. He, like any great character, to quote, Walt Whitman, he is large, he contains multitudes, which is to say, he's tapped into the collective unconscious. But if you think of Billy Elliot's father in Billy Elliot, Billy Elliot's father is not a full-blown character. Billy Elliot's father is a char character who exists 
only to play the role of terrible father. The man's entire existence in the script is simply to make sure his son doesn't become a poof. He does not have a life outside of that. He does not contain multitudes. He is not, he is nothing more than the role that he is playing. In fact, he's so stereotypical that later Ben Stiller in Zoolander will parody him in creating Zoolander's father, right? Um, this is not a full-blown character. This is not a man with clear wants, clear emotional need, clear how, who happens to be a homophobe who happens to be a terrible father. This is rather the stereotype, a character who exists to demonstrate the box that the writer has put him in. If, on the other hand, we look at a film like Terrence Malick's The Tree of Life, well, in that role, we see a character in Brad Pitt who happens to be a terrible father in the archetypal way. By terrible father, when we talk about it as an archetype, we mean a father who inflicts harm on his children. And because it's an archetypal role, the truth is all fathers are terrible fathers, just like all fathers are emotional mothers, just like all fathers are threshold guardians, right? If you really believe in the concept of the collective unconscious, we are all large, we all contain multitudes, we all, every single character contains every single element, some expressed, some unexpressed of the collective unconscious, right? Because if such a thing as a collective unconscious exists, it is the collective unconscious. It's the thing that we all share. And, and as writers, what we're really doing when we create archetypes is we're going into ourselves and we're pulling some piece of ourself that actually exists out of ourselves. We're blowing life not into some creation from out there, but to something that already exists in here. It, it might be a part of you that you know really well and love. It might be a part of you you don't often invite to the table. It might be a part of you you feel shame about. It might be a part of you you are afraid you might become. It might be a part of you that gives you confidence that there's something good about you in the world. It might be a part of you that's the you you aspire to be, right? It could be anything. It could be your anger might be an archetype or your love or your confidence or your bravery or your fear, right? These are all pieces of you that are actually pieces of your characters as well. So what we do is we reach into ourselves in Write Your Screenplay and in the Masterclass, if, for those of you who've had it, we talk about how to do this through meditative writing, how to actually reach in through a concept called the emotional need. But there are many ways to reach in to ourselves and find these characters, and we blow life into them. And the truth is, you can even reach into your characters if it's helpful by using an archetypal term. You can go, well, where is the terrible father in him? Well, where is the emotional mother in him? Right? We can find those archetypes. We can even go, what are the unexpressed parts of our character? What are the parts of them that they are not showing? And can we blow life into those parts and allow those parts to become characters in our screenplay? So there are many ways that we can do that. Um, if we go back to Terry Malick's Tree of Life, Brad Pitt happens to be a terrible father and that he happened to uh, inflict harm on his children, even though 
all fathers do that, whether they want to or not, just like all mothers do that, just like all people do that. We all have this part of us that inflicts harm on other people, sometimes on purpose, sometimes totally by accident, sometimes from negative intentions, sometimes out of love. But we all have the terrible father in us, regardless of our gender, right? We all have that piece of us that either purposely or unintentionally inflicts harm on somebody that we love, on somebody that looks up to us, on somebody that's dependent on us. Um, just like we all have the emotional mother in us, right? We all have that part of us that loves and nurtures and cares for the emotional well-being of another, right? We all have these different archetypes inside of us and at different times in our lives, we may be expressing one archetype a little stronger, a little more strongly than all the others. So if you think of Brad Pitt's character, he happens to be a terrible father, but he's not there to be a terrible father. He's there to make sure that his children get the choices that he didn't get to have. Brad Pitt in The Tree of Life, he wants his children to be artists. He's not like the coal digger father who doesn't want a son to be a poof. He wants his children to be artists. He wants them to get to do the things that he didn't get to do. It's the how, the way that he does it, that ends up making him a terrible father. And again, not terrible in a judgment way, like not like he's a terrible father, terrible in that he unintentionally inflicts psychological and emotional harm on his children. So we have Brad Pitt, we have this incredible character, right? Who is not playing a stereotypical role. He happens to be a, a, a terrible father. One of the most painful moments in the tree of life for me is the moment where Brad Pitt is simply trying to get his children to kiss him goodnight. All he wants is his children to kiss him goodnight. But in the process of trying to get kissed goodnight, he ends up inflicting so much emotional harm on those kids. So do you see, when you realize your characters are large, they contain multitudes. When rather than using the archetype as the limiting belief about the character, you allow the archetype to kind of shimmer in your hand, right? To realize that like, this is a big part of the character, but I'm not gonna make them the archetype. Rather, I'm gonna use the archetype to connect to them. Again, you can go through any different window. For, for example, in Write Your Screenplay, we talk about five different windows that all help us connect to archetypes, all without giving a single label. There are so many ways you can connect to archetypes. But the goal is not to make something up or to demonstrate that a person is a certain way. The goal is to go, if I focus on this, what do I find inside of me? If I watch them closely, what do I notice them doing? What kinds of choices do they make? How do they do it in a way that's slightly different than any other person? How do I look, listen, and feel as I write them? With such specificity, that I get past the container, the stereotype of who I expect them to be and start to find the specific of who they really are. And this is the incredible thing about archetypes. When we get specific, we tap into the collective unconscious. When we get specific, that's actually how we get universal. 
And when we get general, when we put our characters in a box, when we think more about the label than the how of the character, when we do this to anybody, whether it's a character that exists in us, another person that we pass in the street, or even to ourselves, we don't just limit who they can be. We limit what we can see. We limit who we can be. We limit our own creativity. We limit our own ability to be surprised. And if you are a writer, if your focus is on the label rather than the archetype, if your focus is on the intellectual rather than the intuitive, if your focus is on trying to demonstrate a 21-step formula instead of getting curious about the kinds of things that might happen to this specific character in who wants this specific thing in this specific situation. If you get too intellectual, there's a good chance that what you're going to write are a bunch of cliches. Because tapping into the collective unconscious does not happen, as Jung points out, at the conscious level. The analysis of that in screenwriting, the revision of that happens on the conscious level. But the process of that happens on the subconscious level. It happens by going inside. It happens by setting aside your expectations, your stereotypes, your prejudices. It starts by letting go of what you desire the character to do for you in your screenplay and instead getting curious about who are they? What do they want? What do they need? How are they? What are the obstacles they're facing? What are the choices that they're making? It puts you back in the intuitive driver's seat and it allows both you and your character to break out of the cliche. It allows you to see them clearly and in seeing them clearly, to tap into the collective unconscious in a way that just might let you see yourself more clearly as well. Got a screenwriting topic you'd like me to cover? Go ahead and comment below or tag me. We're on all social media channels at the JK Studio, and your question just might get selected for a podcast. Remember to join us for Thursday Night Writes or for any of my awesome online classes. You can find out more at writeyourscreenplay.com.